Have you considered writing someone else's story? Ghostwriting. Is it for you or perhaps a good way to write your book? Today's episode is loaded with tips anyone wondering about ghostwriting needs. Stick around. Your best writing life begins in 30 seconds. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb, and each week I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I'm very glad that you're listening in today. During this episode, we're going to talk about ghostwriting. Is it for you? Is it for me? We're going to discover that. My industry expert is Twyla Belk, also known as the Gotta Tell Somebody Gal. Twyla Belk is an author, speaker, editor, and champion for writers. She truly, truly is. Since 2007, she has worked closely with veteran author Cecil Murphy as his personal assistant and associate, which has provided her with a wide range of industry knowledge and writing experience. And I will tell you folks, so much, much more. Twyla Belk, welcome to your best writing life. Well, thank you so much for your big welcome, Linda. I am thrilled to be here with you today. Well, it's a thrill for me as well. We've known each other for a few years and yeah, Lee, every chance I get to be able to see your face, I I like doing that. Well, I get to see the rest of you, too. So that's always kind of fun. <laughs> well, maybe my face is better than the rest of me. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So, well, today we're going to dive into the topic of ghostwriting. And let's share with our listeners what exactly is ghostwriting and who uses ghostwriters. Okay, let's let's do that. And before I start, I want to warn you that you might hear the name Cease Murphy come up a lot because I can't not talk about him. Um, he is was one of the top ghost writers in the industry, and he's provided many scholarships for writers' conferences, and he's really invested in writers. So I'll be talking about him a lot and using a lot of examples from him just because. Publishing has a long tradition of using ghostwriters to write books and speeches and articles and pamphlets for others. And in most contracts, those who do the work are referred to as the writers and those for whom they have written are authors. So if you hear me talk about an author, that's the one for whom I am writing. And a true ghostwriter leaves no evidence in the book that anyone other than the author wrote it. They're invisible. Now, here's an example from a Cease Murphy, like I told you I was going to use. He wrote years ago, he wrote a book for Franklin Graham called Rebel with a Cause. It did not have Cease's name on it anywhere. And he was called the ghostwriter. And then in 1990, that changed 
he wrote a book for Dr. Ben Carson called Gifted Hands, and that was the first book that had his name on it. And it said Dr. Ben Carson with Cecil Murphy in tiny letters below it. And he was then called a collaborator. Now, today, sometimes these words are used interchangeably, ghostwriting and collaborating. So you might hear me say either one. And a collaborator is someone who writes with an author and receives credit for it. So if you see the word with on the front cover of a book before the writer's name, yet, it'll be like Don Piper with Cecil Murphy. The with person is the person who actually did the writing for the book. A lot of people don't realize that. So, for instance, with the Don Piper book, 90 Minutes in Heaven, that was done by Don Piper with Cecil Murphy. But then they wrote three or four more books after that together. And it said Don Piper and Cecil Murphy. And they were co-writers. Even though Cecil wrote all the books, a lot of the material in the book was his as well. So that's a collaborator. Now, a side note here is after Cease's name started appearing on the front covers of books and people knew who he was, he started getting a lot of calls to write books for people. So that really helped him a lot. And he still, even though he's officially retired, he still gets a lot of requests because people see his name on the front cover of books. Then there's a term, as told to. This is used in magazines mostly. I know um, guideposts would do an as-told-to articles. I don't know if they still call it that or not, but I know there are a lot of writers who write for guideposts, and they're telling someone else's story in their own uh, voice. And then there's a book doctor, and that's someone who will take a manuscript that's written, and maybe it's a poorly written manuscript or a sick one, and the book doctor will revise it or rewrite portions of it. So those are some different terms you want to be familiar with. And another thing to note is that sometimes ghostwriters have choices about getting credit for writing a book. They might get paid more if they remain unnamed. So it just depends on the circumstances and the situation at hand. So that's the the terms. I tell you, we're getting the terms here. And this is really (laughs) great for me because I recognize quickly, Twyla, yes, I've seen that on a book. Oh, that's what that means. Okay, I've seen that on the cover of a book. Okay, ah, and the collaboration, I like that concept as well. You're speaking our language. We totally understand. Well, who uses ghostwriters? Okay, well, it's interesting because there are people who have a story to tell and they have talent. They might be really intelligent people, but they can't write. They might not have the skills or they don't have the time to do all the training to become a writer. So that's one person who would, or maybe there's a person out there, a professional who needs a book to promote their brand. Or there are celebrities and business leaders. And you've probably seen sometimes a celebrity who puts out multiple books a year. Chances are that they use ghostwriters to make that happen because it's hard to be celebrity-ing and writing at the same time. (laughs) That's right. Writing is full-time. So you can't be a celebrity. Right. That's right. You can't be hobnobbing with the hot shots, you know, if you're you're at home writing all the time. So... um, (laughs) And then a lot of speakers 
will use a ghostwriter. And they do that because they know that having a book will help them with publicity. They'll get more gigs. They'll get back of the room sales. They'll have interviews. It helps with credibility and things. So speaking and writing go together hand in hand. We've heard that a lot, but a lot of times speakers can't do their own books. So they'll hire a ghostwriter and then it just makes them more credible and more interviewable on TV or whatever. Uh, So it just helps with their publicity. Then there are some people who just can't spend all that time alone that writing demands. They don't Mm -hmm. do well with isolation. (laughs) So uh, those people might want a ghostwriter or people who are too close to their topic. They, They can't get out of their heads. They have trouble speaking in normal people language. They might, you know, maybe they're a business person or a doctor or something and, and they have a hard time making it so their reader can understand or they have a hard time looking at it from a reader's point of view. So that's a person that a ghostwriter could help. That's, that's very good. Who lack self-discipline mm. or they have so many deadlines and they need a book in a short amount of time or English is not their first language. So there's a lot of reasons that people use ghostwriters. And, you know, it's not just nonfiction or, or memoirs or whatever that are ghostwritten, even novels are uh, sometimes ghostwritten. This opens up a huge door, Twyla. There's a show that I, Sam and I watch every once in a while, and it says, Beachfront Living, just for <laughs> the rich and famous, or is it? And so I'm like, it sounds like a lot of different people can utilize the expertise of a ghostwriter. This is a great beginning to where we're going. Share with us, if you would, What makes a good ghostwriter? Is there a checklist that we go by? Share your thoughts there. Well, not everyone can do it successfully. It it requires specific skills and certain personality traits to be good at the task. And so first of all, you want to have some writing skills of course, you know, maybe some experience in the industry, but it's real important, you know, ghostwriting is writing, so you want to know how to write, you know, so you got to invest some time in doing that and and keep honing your skills. Another thing that is a a good trait to have is you got to be good at interviewing people and be observant. Can you notice the people's movements, the tone of voice, the expressions, surroundings, and so forth? You know, those kinds of things add to the story and make it, it better. And as you're interviewing an author, can you look at those things and pick those up? That's why it's always good to interview the author in their own surroundings too, because those kinds of things will add to the story. Being a good listener is an important trait to have for being a ghostwriter, being a good communicator and good at collaborating and flexible. And you want to be able to write in the author's voice. Mm. Not everyone can do that. A good ghostwritten book, you don't even realize that somebody other than the author wrote it. And, and that's the best compliment a ghostwriter can have is that, wow, it sounds just like me. <laughs> so... Twyla, I think that's an experience, especially for speakers, those that are in the public eye a lot, and maybe they're stage performers, and people witness them. I'd love that you brought up, what is their posture? Do they have twitches? You know, what is it about them? Do they fling their head back? Do they, whatever they do, because that does impact how they would write. It impacts how they stand, how they carry themselves. 
And if I am watching someone, listening to someone, I, whether I know it or not, subconsciously, I'm absorbing the personality of that person. And when I go to a book and I start reading, if what I'm reading doesn't match who I saw, then it's a stop. I had one young lady that was buying one of my books and she met me at a, I was speaking at an event and she came up and she goes, I had to buy your book. I sure hope it reads like you sound. (laughs) Oh, wow. And so I'm like, that's important to people, right? It certainly is. To have that talent. And I loved each little thing that you wrote down there or that you shared with us being that good listener, being observant, being flexible. And it's kind of like for me, when, if you are a ghostwriter or like I record audiobooks, so I'm the narrator, but I'm recording the words and passions of the author. And I feel it's my job to have everyone feel that. That's what they're coming. It's not me. It's I'm just a conduit. And I feel it's the same with a ghostwriter. And also what you said earlier, you don't leave a trace of you. That's right. When you write it, you want others to go, I had no idea someone else wrote this. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like a sweet dance. They notice the little sayings and, and the, yeah, just the mannerisms. Silly. Yes. The little silly things that, um, you know, they pick those things up. Um, Another important thing, uh, which I just find this is just really interesting. So keep this in mind is that a good ghostwriter needs to be able to get inside the author's mind. And I know that sounds weird. And something that helps us is empathy. Pain and hardships help ghostwriters. And I know that sounds weird, but our pain isn't wasted because we can help write other people's stories using it. Um, we, we have empathy with the people we're writing yes. for. So if a person who is going through a lot of stuff and they have no idea how to express themselves, they just can't come to grips with it. We can think about some of the the experiences we've gone through that brought pain and how mm-hmm. we felt in those, and we can bring that to these books to um, to help create a full picture of what the author is going through. It's kind of amazing how God doesn't waste our pain when He allows us mm-hmm. to use it for someone else's good. I know that sounds crazy. So no, if no, you've experienced loss or grief or pain right. or devastation or despair or heartbreak, you can put yourself better in the author's shoes as you write. Amen. And I think too, a great tool to use is recording your interview and just allowing, allowing the author, no, just share the story, just share wherever it takes, where does it take you? And they'll have those moments if they, if they've had crisis, if they've had trauma and those moments that might get stuck in their throat. Well, that's what you do use. And now you can hear them. And so that feeling can come across on the page. It's very involved. It sounds like a good ghostwriter is involved with their author. Yeah, Yeah, they kind of, they kind of become the person. 
I know when I was working on a project where uh, for a mission, a big mission organization in Mexico, and when I when I was writing, it's like I felt like I was in Mexico the whole time, and I felt like I was experiencing all of these things. And you were kind of just living it as you were doing it, and you know, talking about the pain part and and, and living it through that person was Cease Murphy. He experienced mm-hmm. so much pain. He had abusive home situation and sexual abuse in his background and all of this it, really tough stuff. But that really is what helped him become a good ghostwriter. And he, you know, he calls it reusing his pain. And um, see, I, I just love the way God doesn't waste it, even though it's so hard and, and all of that, but um, it gives us a deep compassion and we can help them. Um, we can understand uh, the author's experiences more. So um, there's, there was a book that Cease wrote for for someone who was in another country and it was just in a very oppressive um, society and environment. And she went through a lot of stuff, but when Cease asked her, what did it feel like? She couldn't express it in her own word. I mean, so she Mm -hmm. could never come up with the words to, to tell him what it was like. And so he just did the best he could with, you know, thinking, okay, what would I feel if I were in these situations or whatever? And he wrote the book, sent the manuscript to her and she called him within a week and said, how did you know what I was Mm -hmm. feeling? How did Mm -hmm. you know? So um, when we write for other people, we we walk the walk, we walk the steps, we feel the feels, we smell the smells, we observe, we we paint a picture for the reader so that they can experience it with us. That's what a good ghostwriter can do. That's powerful. Well, I know there has to be advantages and disadvantages of ghostwriting. Would you share with us some thoughts that are going to help our writers? I would be happy to. <laughs> One thing is it puts food on the table. <laughs> that I would call that an advantage. It gives gives you a chance to earn a good living doing something you enjoy. So if you like writing, maybe consider ghostwriting. Um, another thing is you're providing an important service and a ministry to people who couldn't get their story out there without a ghostwriter. It also, it offers you a chance to learn how to write professionally and to work with editors and to learn a great deal about the publishing world. You get to learn some things that maybe um, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to otherwise. It gives you access to the lives and insights of others that you otherwise wouldn't have. You can make meet some really fascinating people and have an opportunity to put their stories into words. You have a lot of good stories to tell at those Q&A times. <laughs> so, yeah, their stories, just fascinating things. It gives you an amazing education through the lives of others because you might have to learn, you might learn some new things in an area that you wouldn't uh, have even considered learning about if you hadn't written the story. For example, Cease um, didn't know much about football until he wrote a book called Touchdown Alexander for Seattle Seahawk running back Sean Alexander. And because he was writing that he needed to know about it, he would ask Sean about different things and, and he learned about the game of football. And the same thing with Dr. Ben Carson with the book gifted hands. Well, that was a long time ago. And at that time, Cease didn't know anything about MRIs and CT scans until he wrote that book. And so he did his research and he learned to explain those machines 
in a limited amount of words so that the reader could understand it. Too. So it allows us to learn some things that we otherwise wouldn't know. When I was writing that Mexico book I was referring to, the, the gal who founded this huge ministry grew up in the Depression era. And I learned a lot about the Depression era and life in those earlier days just from writing mm-hmm. that book. And so now I might know something for a Trivial Pursuit game that I didn't know before. <laughs> so we can learn stuff. It's good to learn stuff. <laughs> So good. Yeah, we need to soak up everything. Yeah. And the good news is that, yes, you're doing a little bit of research, but most of the research and the material is provided by the author because it's their stuff. So you're doing a little bit of research just to enhance and to make it um, more presentable to the reader, you know, to make it understood by the reader. But most of the research and material is done by the author, and that saves you a lot of time. Okay. Another thing is that you get to enter worlds you wouldn't otherwise be invited to, maybe like a celebrity event, a red carpet event, or prison, or or maybe flying in a missionary aviation fellowship tiny plane to reach to the unreached people groups. You know, there are a lot of opportunities you have to enter other worlds. See, there are a lot of advantages. It increases your opportunities to make a living because you have a faster turnaround of your projects. It keeps you productive in the writing sort of way. It increases your contacts in the industry and gives you a good reputation as a writer. And you have the opportunity to get better advances. And this is the big one for me, maybe not for other people, but you don't have the constant pressure of platform, 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 and the need to do all the promotional work. Now, to me, that's a big woohoo. No, that that's requires a lot of time. It does. And effort. We get to leave that to the author. Yes. I mean, you can do, I mean, there's a little bit of that for, for the writer, but it's most the author thing. So, and then another biggie is you get paid even if the book bombs. So there you go. Those are there some you go. <laughs> advantages. I love that part. So what are the disadvantages then? Because it sounds really good right now. So, yep, what those are some good. so I don't have as many disadvantages as okay. advantages, but the first thing that came to my mind is you have to work with someone else, but... <laughs> No. Okay. We'll get over that. Okay. The first thing is you don't get credit for your work a lot of times. So you need to have a heart to heart chat with yourself. Are you writing for recognition or to support yourself at what you love doing, which is writing? You've got to come to grips with that. And often your name isn't known, even if it's on the front cover of the book. And I have an example here, you know, Don Piper is so well known with his book, 90 Minutes in Heaven. And that's a book that Cease wrote and and it has sold millions of copies and it was on the New York Times bestseller list for years. And um, Don graciously invited Cease to join him for a book signing at a store in Georgia near where Cease lives. And uh, it's very unusual for an author to do that. So that was just really a a nice gesture on Don's part. And so the people standing in line would get to cease first and get his signature. And then they'd go to Don and then cease had signed about 30 books. And he reached out to take a book from a woman in line and she immediately pulled it back and said, who are you? And she was really snarky about it. And I don't want you touching my book. And cease smiled and pointed to his name on the cover. And she said, oh, I guess you did have something to do with it. Go ahead then. And she was real dismissive about it. But he could have easily told her that he had written every word in the book, 
but he didn't. And some writers would not be able to do that. Their ego would have gotten in the way. So you need to kind of have an ego check. So that's a disadvantage. You don't get the credit a lot of times, but then you occasionally have somebody like Don who will give you opportunities like that. Amen. Another thing is you don't receive the publicity, the interviews, or the talk show invites like the author would. Sometimes the author you're working with can be demanding, and they don't realize it a lot of times. And they might insist on endless rewrites and all kinds of things, and it's hard to meet their demands. Another disadvantage is sometimes you have to earn the author's trust, which isn't always easy. You might not have editorial rights. Your temperament might not mesh well with the author's temperament. Mm. And so you've got to consider that. And, you know, not every partnership like this works. And sometimes, you know, you have to call it off. And then uh, in a case, the, one of the books I did is the author might be getting older and the details change over mm. time. <laughs> so right. I, together a 50 over a 50 year timeline and it's like okay these stories aren't exactly matching up all the time so to me it sounds like there's a lot of advantages there are disadvantages but that's in every area of writing i believe and truly if you're gifted and writing is what you want to me it sounds like i'm okay if i'm doing yeah. what god wants me to do and yeah. i'm coming alongside someone else in kingdom work and God knows. God knows my motive. God knows what I'm doing. And I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. And then we just kind of move forward. So here's the next question. How do we move forward? If we say, yeah, I think this is something I might want to take, take a jab at here. How do you break into this industry? Well, you're going to hear this word a lot. Connections are so important and network, 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 industry connections. So this is how Cease broke in, wrote his first ghostwritten book in 1982. He submitted a manuscript to a publisher and the editor turned him down. But the editorial director said to Cease, you know how to get into people's heads. I'd like you to ghostwrite a book for us. And like I said, that was in 1982. He did that for B.J. Thomas. And then he didn't know how to do it at the time because there wasn't a whole lot of information or direction at that time. And But he did it. And he ended up writing 35 books for that publisher before that editorial director left. You know, wow. so the industry connections there, one thing leads to to another. Sometimes it just happens naturally. And that's how I broke it. And I I call it connections and then the God factor. Sometimes, well, a lot of times it's the God factor. When I look at circumstances behind how I did this one project I keep talking about, I look at that and I know it had God written all over it. It couldn't have happened any other way. And so um, the God factor. Another one is word of mouth. I worked with a person who was writing her book. I did some editing and was kind of advising her and coaching her several years ago. And her friend asked about her book and she, my friend Luena, gave her my name, said maybe she could help you with your book. And that was several years ago. We talked about that. Uh, this, this gal Paula called me and we talked about her book and I gave her some ideas and brainstormed some things and just talked about things that she could do to help her book. And then just a couple weeks ago, she called me again out of the blue. And she says, you know, I think what I probably need is a ghostwriter. And I says, well, I could help you with that. <laughs> so it, she felt comfortable with me. And so we're probably going to be starting that project at the beginning of the year. It's amazing. Perfect. Then just let it be known among people that you 
are available for ghostwriting. Have a business card. Always have them with you. You never know what will come up in conversation. Mention it on your website. And then on your website, represent yourself well. and Make sure your words are written well and spelled properly. And <laughs> keep in mind that people might not want to hire a writer that doesn't know how to spell or talk. Even your email tagline, you could put on there that you're you do ghostwriting, your bio, promotional materials. There's so many ways that you can just let people know that you're available. And then writers conferences are a great place. Like for instance, the the amazing Blue Ridge Christian Writers Conference. You know, we're networking with people there. We're talking to people. There are agents and there are editors, um, publishing houses there. Let them know that you're available to ghostwrite. Give them your business card. And it might not happen right away, but down the road, a couple of years from now, they might say, wow, we've got this person who needs a book written, but we need a writer for, you know, so you never know where that business card might end up. You know, someday it might just bubble up right when it's needed. Take advantage of the getting to know people, the context, the connections that we have wherever we go. And then there are some organizations like the Christian Pen, Christian Proofreaders and Editors Network, and they, they provide ghostwriters for people. So you could join an organization like that or be involved in writing forums or even consider writing family histories. Maybe there is a people, you know, the elderly sometimes like to leave a written legacy. Maybe you could offer your services. There's just a lot of things. You might so need to ways. start small with an article or a blog entry or, or whatever. And that's a great idea. I mean, it's take the first step. Just start. Just start, start. doing and seeing how it works. Now, is there a fee scale? Oh. Is it the price range that is set by the traditional house? This is how much you're going to be paid in that. Does it deal with royalties? Is there one answer or several? There is not one answer. And that is just, I would say that's the worst part, at least for me, you know, because there are so many different ways that you can get paid. And if you do a Google search on how much ghostwriters get paid, you can get anywhere from a thousand or two thousand dollars on up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. No two people are the same. It depends on experience and how many sales you've had and and there's just so many things that play into it. And some people get paid by the hour. Others have a flat fee and others have um, a fee plus royalty payments. And some people just do royalty payments and it's all over the place. So you need to figure out what you would feel comfortable about, what do you need, figure out how long it'll take you to write your book. And let's just say it's going to take you a year. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. Well, what do you need to live off of? If, if this is going to be your income, what do you need to to make a living for those months? And then just divide it up. It might take you six months. It might take you three months. You got a lot to think about. So do a little research, get a good feel up for it. If you're just starting out, Start lower with your fee and build up your portfolio and, and get, get your name out there and get the experience. I'm assuming you're going to say, then you can go from there and grow. Gradually, right. Yeah, gradually move up. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask with hmm. the ghostwriting. You're setting up a portfolio, but what if your name isn't on the book and they don't want people to know that you wrote it? It just depends. You could list that you did so many books or whatever, but these days more and more you can tell that 
you wrote that book. Cease wrote a bunch of books that didn't have his name on it, but some of the people didn't say you could never tell anybody. It just depends on what you agree with with the author. Every situation is different. There are some celebrities who do not want you to... No. want you to tell what book it is and mm-hmm. and even on the list that sees has of all the books that he's written and you know he's got uh rebel with a cause franklin graham's book on that list that he has even though his name wasn't on that but there is one celebrity i know of that he is not allowed to say he wrote that book for her and so it's yeah. like oh, i just find that fascinating so it just depends what the agreement is but i don't think that's going to be a huge problem for a lot of us, it, it, <laughs> right. Um, right. unless we have celebrities coming out of the woodwork going, I want you to write my book. Okay. That's right. And who knows God, you know, I believe that God can do anything and he does amazing things through just normal people like us. Some of us aren't quite normal, but um, he does extraordinary <laughs> things through ordinary people. And, Amen. I think most of us aren't going to start out with a huge celebrity, but we might. But it's all in the negotiating what what you agree with them. And you can ask those questions and work around it. But God will make a way where there seems to be no way. If that's what he has created you to do as far as being this ghostwriter, breaking into the industry, it's going to happen if you just continue to do what you can do, put one foot in front of the other. We do have a recommended resource for our writers. I'd like to touch on that for just a second. There's the Murphy method, I would say Cease Murphy, and it's called Ghostwriting. So he's put that out there, which would be an excellent resource. Now, the process we would take as ghostwriters, I mean, don't go into detail on this one, but a little bit about the process and a few important things to consider if we're wanting to get into this? One of the things you have to consider is what type of publishing? Is this going to go, are you going to go the traditional route? Or are you going to go the indie route? And so that uh, will determine your initial process because if you're going the traditional route, you're going to have to do a proposal first. And that's usually a separate cost from the manuscript. So you will you will work on the proposal first and, um, and then it might get accepted. It might not. I mean, you, you might, find a publisher you might not you can't guarantee that so so you got to determine what type of publishing and then the direction you go from that point Um, you need to think about is it a project you want to write and you can see yourself writing is it a good fit Um, are you uh, you got to think about are you open to any type of topic will you do fiction or do you just want nonfiction? Will you do erotica will you do business you need to know what type of topic you're going to do and um, as you're working with the author, you want to know what is the author's motivation behind the book. So that's, you know, as you get to know the author and, and you know, you're, you're talking beforehand and getting to know each other before you make the official agreement, just use discernment um, and think, okay, well, what is this person's motivation or behind this is it might not match what your spirit is telling you. Is it a topic that would interest readers or is it a topic that you're passionate about or would like to learn about? Is it worthy of a whole book? Just think about this. Some people want to have a book written, but they don't have enough material for an entire book. It might just be enough material for an article. And you might have to tell them, hey, I think your book would, you know, it would be better suited as a magazine article. So those are some things to consider. Another one, does the author have the money to pay for it? 
Mm. A lot of people don't think there's a cost involved or they're shocked. And some people are even so crazy to think that, oh, you just write my book and after it's written and it sells, then we'll split the profits. Don't ever fall for that. You know, just, yeah, don't ever do this. So, well, think about too, does, uh, is it a good match theologically? Could you write a book that didn't agree with what you believe? Um, So think Mm. about those things. Uh, Your job is to deliver a manuscript. That's what the ghostwriter will do. And sometimes if you're, you know, if you're going the publishing process, you're going the indie route or whatever, you're going to, you might want to help them with the next steps. If you you go the indie route, you might have to think about the back cover copy and and you might need to help with the cover decisions or just be the advocate between the the publisher or, or, and the author. And, And so there's so many things to think about there and endorsements. You might help with that. Again, you got to think about the money matters and you always want to have a contract or a written agreement. There's without exception, even though it's a friend. Cease uses what, and I do too, what's called a covenant agreement. And we just write out everything that we agreed upon in um, our emails and things like that, and then put that into writing. And then at the end of it, it says, if you agree to the terms of this letter, your initial check of whatever amount you agreed on will serve as the covenant agreement. And so that's how we, we do it. And, and it works really well. And you always include an escape clause too, because it doesn't always work well together. Mm-hmm. So um, those are some things you need to consider. Another thing we we talked about to the interview process, it's always good to have a couple of recorders, you know, record your interviews, have a backup recording too, you know, maybe you have a digital recorder and your phone as well. And then you'll take these and just let the person talk because that's where you'll just pick up a whole lot of information, then bring that back and you'll transcribe or have somebody transcribe your interviews and use that material You're going to organize it, come up with an outline and just kind of however your writing process works. Let the author know your expectations, what documents you need from them, what what turnaround time you need from the author of getting things back to you. You need to think about how long before they can expect to see something after you meet with them. There's so many things that you uh, need to think about the process and just ask the author, are there places that don't sound like you, you know, mark those places, what any changes that aren't right, these details. So you're kind of working back and forth, but know how much time you want the author to spend in your face, okay? You might not be one who wants to hear from the author every single day, you know, so make, you need to communicate clearly. There's just so much I could talk about that's a big topic. This will kind of get you started. Absolutely, it will. And as I mentioned before, one of the things that uh, you're going to be providing for us is a PDF of some of the stuff that we covered here today. And you had mentioned, too, the book Ghostwriting the Murphy Method. We'll have links to all of these in our show notes. It's important, folks. We want to equip you. If it's a direction that God is leading you, doors are going to open. And my my feeling on the doors, you've heard me say this before, God is a God who opens doors no man can close, and he closes doors no man can open. So if he opens a door... I tell him I'll walk through. If he closes a door, I tell him I'm not going to look for a key. That's the direction that I take. You have given us more than, boy, this is, this is really great. Really great. I kind of ramble, don't I? But uh... no, no, you, (laughs) you, you took us on a journey and I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. All of that is good. 
Now, I want to take our listeners on a little journey here. And as a first-time guest, I always ask if it's if we could have a moment of your time to kind of get a peek behind your personal curtain. Is there anything that you'd like to share with us or our listeners? I don't know, fun stuff, anything uh, that we could find out a little bit more about your human side here? Because a lot of people think that writers aren't necessarily human. And but I like I like being able to have a little insider peek, maybe something we wouldn't find on your bio. Well, I'll tell you three different things. I am actually a journeyman machinist. I owned a Christian bookstore with my husband and I owned a vending company with my husband. There. How's that? Wow. And folks, if you don't know what a journeyman machinist is, you have no idea. That's fabulous. I yep, know when I was a younger, uh, younger, much, much younger. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're still going strong and just very excited to have you here with us. And there's a couple books I'd like to bring to the surface here. I'm going to have the links to them as well. One I have in my guest room. It's called Raindrops from Heaven, Gentle Reminders of God's Power, Presence, and Purpose. An absolutely gorgeous book, Twyla. It's it's beautiful, beautiful yeah, to hold, you. beautiful to look at, and the content is wonderful. Yeah, it's a one-year devotional. It was like having um, 366 babies. It was a lot, but God has used it. He's continuing to use it, touched a lot of lives. And uh, that's as I prayed while I was writing it, I said, Lord, just make it so every once in a while I would hear from someone that this touched and he has done that for me. And it's just, that's the encouragement I need to keep going. So mm -hmm. he's, he's uh, given me lots of great feedback and people told me how it's made a difference in their lives. Amen. And another one I'm familiar with is <laughs> the power to be, be still, be grateful, be strong, be courageous. Yes. And you might find my name in there somewhere in yes. one of the endorsements. <laughs> I, I love the book. That's a great book, too. Tell us a little bit about that. That book came along. I uh, worked with the publisher on Raindrops from Heaven. And when I was going through cancer treatments, the publisher contacted me and says, Hey, Twyla, we'd, uh, we're praying for you and we'd like to do you know some more books with you. And then they threw out this idea and they came up with that title. And I thought, well, what it ended up being is all of my material that I speak about, but under a different name. So I was just, as I prayed about it, it all came together. It's a 40-day devotional. It's called The Power to Be, Be Still, Be Grateful, Be Strong, Be Courageous. And uh, it's like, wow, this is it. You know, it just beautiful. came together. And again, it's a beautiful book. It is a beautiful book. And you're a beautiful gal. Love having you here today. Absolutely enjoyed our time together. Thank you so very much. There's some other topics that you are an expert in as well. So I'd love for you to come back and join us again. Would you be open to that? All you have to do is ask. We'll make it happen. Right. We'll make it happen. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Twyla. I just greatly appreciate you. Thank you, Linda. Consider yourself hugged from afar. I love your hugs. She gives good hugs. I'm just going to tell everybody. Good hugger here. A good hugger. Thank you, friends, so much for being here. And please take a moment, if you would, to share this podcast with another writer or two. 
Give us a star rating, post a episode review, and be sure to hit that subscribe button or some podcasting platforms they have a follow. Follow, subscribe, do something so you never miss one of our episodes. We we drop every Tuesday at about 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. We'd love for you to take a listen and let us know what you think. I greatly appreciate all of you. I appreciate what you have to say as much as what you choose to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on Your Best Writing Life.